And today is the 22nd of November, 2019, 12.22. Um, my name is Joma, and uh, I'm sitting here with a guy called Vience Nielsen, who lives down the road from me, funnily enough. Um, and we're talking about putting together a, uh, a series of thoughts on leadership, uh, taking in many forms in terms of a website, uh, a podcast, um, uh, articles, it could be anything, uh, but just laying down the framework. So um, say hello, Jens. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a bit about yourself. Um, yeah. So who are you and why are we sitting in your kitchen? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, well, uh, yeah, Jens Nielsen is my name. I'm uh, I uh, just turned 60 this summer. I'm married, have three grown-up adult children. Uh, and I've worked uh, 15 of the past 30 years. I've lived and worked abroad. So I've been uh, involved in a lot of uh, organizations and, and where I've performed both uh, leadership roles and also uh, been managed by other people. Uh, as we all are at some point uh, or at all points and I've of course uh, experienced both uh, incredibly good leadership and incredibly bad leadership and the topic of leadership especially in a time where things are changing due to technolo technology uh, are just uh, interesting me a, a lot because I think it, it is such, such a fascinating topic and it can make all the difference between uh, uh, success and failure. So, so that's that's I think why we uh, we got together here, Joma, and then mm. uh, in in this project, in uh, we we met uh, by coincidence. Uh, well, I think it was because uh, I saw your email being Jens. I can say it, Jens uh, Nielsen twenty nine twenty, which is the postcode of the area that we live in. Yes, and I said, do you live in Charlottenlund? <laughs> and it is a bit of a snobby area, right? So there's a bit of tongue in cheek in putting it there, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I thought, okay, either he's twenty nine twenty and he's going to be one of those people, or he's got a sense of humour. So I'm starting to lean over to the sense of humour side of things. Definitely, definitely, it has a, a sense of humour around it because, uh, I mean, it's twenty nine twenty or twenty nine zero zero. It's a, there's a there's a Danish uh, series, TV series called uh, 2900000 Happiness. Uh, it's about uh, this, these people who are living here. It's a bit of uh, not a very flattering uh, story. So, <laughs> and, and I played football all my life and I've always been told when we played by opponents uh, when I was from, uh, from this area uh, that we were told words that I'm not allowed to say anymore because uh, <laughs> but we were always and we were beaten the shit out of us and, uh, and then they would call us things mm. and so now in my team and I'm still playing in uh, we're playing in pink uh, from top to toe we are called 2900 happy happy boys and, uh, <laughs> so it's to yeah. take the edge of that criticism when yeah. they come out and people respect that so the show is a real sarcastic look at uh, the snobbery in this part of uh, Copenhagen if you want to call yeah. it that right yeah I have another. I have another story I have to tell about that actually because we lived in London for many years and uh, 
Uh, we were together. We had some very good friends, Toby and Elske. Uh, Elske is from Holland, and Toby is from England. And uh, we had a lot of friends coming over and to see us in London. And we were in our twenties, late twenties, early thirties. And one day, Elske was asking us, "Tell me, are all Danes from Charlottenlund?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so she just noticed this. And so I said, "No, there's a big world out there. Charlottenlund is a very, very small yeah." Part but of for it. a lot of people, Charlottenlund <laughs> is the world, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think you you normally find out that it isn't when you are out. Yeah, and uh, seeing the world yeah. that. Uh, but it is it is a really uh, wonderful place to oh, be. Oh, in, oh, so. Absolutely, there's so, no reason. So so we're we're kind of happy here and uh, and yeah and so so here we are on a Friday sitting in your kitchen talking about leadership or thoughts thoughts on leadership and uh, I think in, in talking before some of the things we shared is is um, is what is what is the makings of of good leadership you know we're we're surrounded by so much bad leadership uh, you know. I think one of the things that we're trying to dig into is, is this stuff that really interests us because we've we've, sp- we've talked about we've experienced bad leaders, we've experienced great leaders, but unfortunately most people would have experienced a majority of bad leadership in their career. Like, what do people need to look out for in finding or being a good leader? What do you think? I think it's uh, good leadership is about uh, not only saying that you are a good leader but show it in every move that you make every day 24 7 365 mm. days a week or a year sorry mm. uh, it's to make other people feel that that is an honest desire from you to, to become mm. that easier said than done where we talked about also uh, the emotional leadership uh, mm. to be an emotional leader is even stronger than being an empathetic leader uh, where you can feel the uh, how the other person is, is 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 feeling, obviously. But if you are an emotional leader, you have to love your colleagues. You have to mm. love the people that you are working with, mm. and you have to want them to succeed mm. much more than you want yourself to succeed. So I mm. think it's the priority of success. Mm. And if people can feel that that you want them to succeed, mm. even if you don't. Mm. do it at the same time yeah then you are automatically perceived mm. as a strong leader uh, and and when i look at myself as a leader and and so well, you've been, got a career in terms of i uh, have i have been i've been, uh, I've been uh, a leader for a lot of people and i've had uh, especially recently i mean the last 10 years i worked with in organizations where my uh, my age was uh, twice the age of the average uh, of all the rest of the so a lot of young people and uh, my ambition was to uh, to enable them to uh, to reach their potential and uh, their ambition and their dreams mm. and uh, I would not be uh, at all uh, intimidated by their cleverness and their yeah. their smartness because uh, it was actually a, a, a total vision and dream for me to be seen and talked about, if you can say that, by so many people as possible as that I was the best leader mm. or manager or, that they've ever had. Mm. And I, I enabled them to move to the next level of their emotional career or yeah. their, their professional career. Yeah, I mean, I would almost see that you're building leadership in other people as well, right? 
yes, for those who want to become leaders, uh, or at least I want to build, I want to help them to reach their potential. And from my own little egoistic point of view, mm. it's a huge credit to me. It makes me feel so good that they see me as someone who made a difference to mm. them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's great. I, I have a thought on leadership in the sense that I see leadership as more ubiquitous than what we realize at times. Like, you go down to order of station there and you've got a guy who's picking up all the cigarette butts and stuff like that on the floor. You know what? He's, he's leading the station. He's leading the cleanliness because nobody else is picking it up. No. But if he does it in a way that he's taking pride and he's seeing the results of what he's doing, yeah. I see him as a leader and I think... Leadership is something that has to be instilled in anything if they want to do it better or do it the best way that they possibly can. Yes. And leadership is also, of course, setting a direction mm. and inspire people to yeah. follow it or be yeah. inspired yourself as a leader to set the direction yes. because very often the, the, the inspiration, or most of the time, I would say, should yeah. come from... from from the bottom up, yeah. because uh, yeah. there's such a power yeah. uh, uh, and, and potential yeah. uh, uh, in, in that kind of movement. Yeah, I mean, I'm at the moment, I've, I'm leading a team of uh, students and interns to help me. I'm building my department from ground up. You know, yeah. it didn't exist before me. One of the things I love saying to them is, hey, uh, this needs to happen here. So-and-so, can you take the lead on this? And you can see the shoulders stick up. Yeah. Yes, I'd love to. Of course. And so much work has been alleviated and communications and understanding and direction when someone has taken the lead on something. It's it's a real, for me, it's a, an honorable thing to pass on. I'm not giving them orders or giving them a list of tasks. I'm giving them passing on the ownership. You, people call it delegating, but I sometimes think delegating isn't. It's more like passing the buck. But passing on the, the ownership of something in understanding that we're all working together for a collective greatness is a really cool thing. And that's what I've experienced with great leaders. When I've asked uh, a, a boss or a client who brought me into an, a, an, uh, a client site before, I'd say, hey, I, I want to do this and this and that. Uh, is it okay? And he said to me, I said, Jomar, that's why you're here. Because I know what you can do. And if that's what you do, I've got your back. You can let me know, so I know, but you don't need to ask me. Yeah. You, and, and to me, that was like so empowering to hear. Yeah. And he's another lifelong friend that we'd love to have a chat with down the track. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, in a way, it's, it's, it's very simple, and, and, but still incredibly difficult. And uh, I think I, it comes yeah. down to people's... Uh, uh, those who call themselves leaders in general, uh, it's sometimes it's a personality. Uh, sometimes the interpretation gets complicated yeah. by having a preconception of what leadership is, and yes, and they probably make it a bit too hard for themselves. But but here, I mean, we're we're talking about what we're coming together, and what the the message we want to share. We're not just talking about leadership with with people, for yeah. example, are we? No. So. No, there are so many other uh, areas where leadership, as you mentioned, the guy uh, picking up the garbage in some way, but mm. a lot of other areas uh, of leadership that can be, uh, 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 I mean, things in, in, in 
branding, there can be areas of marketing in general, there can be in technology, mm. and not leading the organizations, but leading the way. Mm. Uh, so leadership is not only leading people, it can be leading directions, setting directions. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of the movements today yeah. with, uh, with the Me Too movement uh, and, yeah. and the... Uh, and the climate change movement—that's that's that's leadership, you know. Yeah. And products like you know, of course, the iPhone is yeah. is uh, was created by an amazing leader and a, a dynamic, uh, colorful leader. Yes. But the product itself is 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 leadership. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is um, it's it's something that uh, that you know we look at communities that are also leading um, society in a lot of ways, where we're seeing uh, a lot of the infor- unfortunate things. That's happening in places like the U.S., where um, there's a lot of wealth, but there's also a lot of uh, a poverty. Yes. That gap. Whereas we are fortunate now, and we can say that, okay, to a lot of degrees, the the, the Danish, the Nordic welfare state is leading the way in terms of, in a lot of ways, how society should be. Yes, and I think it it. It's a, this topic you bring on here is, is really, uh, I think it's a very interesting one because the, the Nordic leadership model, which some would say is a, is a relative success, uh, has been the, the, the result of maybe 100 years of social democratic uh, ruling or thinking in, in, in this region, a part of the world. Uh, there's relatively small or the world's smallest difference between rich and poor. That means not so much jealousy, not so much corruption. That means a lot more on the trust side. And the organizations that we see in, in this part of the world are based much more on trust. And if you trust someone, and it goes from leader to the employees, but also the other way around, that means that you can empower your people. And if you empower your people, you trust them. Mm. And they feel it. Uh, so this empowerment you mentioned before uh, that you felt is is the uh, this is uh, yeah. this is so motivating for for people and I think that is a big source this kind of society where where you don't have a lot of of uh, difference between rich and poor uh, yeah. is is a huge driver and we have seen in other parts of the world you can't you can't make a country which has been run by a dictator uh, for many 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 years into a democracy overnight. It doesn't yeah. take 24 hours, it takes 100 years. Yeah. So it's uh, it's really uh, fascinating and it's the same in, in, in business. If you uh, go from being a very hierarchical organization and you uh, turn it upside down and actually give the power to the people, it's the old John Lennon song, but mm. it's, uh, it's really valid. And I think uh, that way you also unleash this enormous potential of mm. the people. Uh, if it's a society, if it's an organization, if it's a community, mm. if it's a business, if you if you turn this pyramid upside down, you just yeah. create an amazing energy. I'd, I'd almost love to see more reverse hierarchies being yes. presented to companies because you know it would just be so uplifting. Also to see that as the leader, you're actually supporting this network. Yes. All that is landing on you as, as that leader, right? And uh, it's... it's uh, such a simple change, isn't it? But yeah. it's often complicated by it. I think you have a very concrete example of that in, in, in our days now, where, where uh, it's called about digital transformation, disruption, and what have you. And if you look at the knowledge, the digital understanding 
And then uh, the, 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 uh, it's, it's almost opposite of the people who have to make decisions on the uh, digital journey or the strategic journey that a company or an organization or society has to take. It's the young people who knows most about it, who has the least to say in the decision making of the future direction. So this re reverse mentoring programs that I've at least seen and, and heard of in big organizations is, is, is a very strong, I think, um, where you have the, the, the youngest in an organization who's mentoring his or her uh, superior, who's mentoring his or her superior all the way up to the top. Mm. It's a decision to, uh, by the board of, of companies that they have to take to, uh, to introduce such a program, mm. but it's actually this turning the pyramid upside down and mm. it's a self-fulfilling and I think it's accelerating uh, mm. process that is so beneficial. Mm. So if, uh, if the boardroom or the, the, the top management has the vision and the courage to start this kind of movement by admitting themselves mm. that requires that they admit this, that they know the least about the most important topic. So mm. I think this is a very good example. And I think it's it's a dilemma that 99% of all boardrooms and sea uh, levels mm. uh, uh, management groups are, are struggling with today. Agree. I think that uh, from what I've seen is, uh, is the challenge is with leadership. You, you did say one thing that sparked another thought with me and that's on, on mentorship. Um, being mentored, mentoring, and, and that that uh, that relationship I see today is mentorship today. I think is a two way street. And when you talked about the reverse mentoring, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think, and I, as I said, one of my colleagues, uh, Steen. I don't know whether he's my mentor or my muse, but it works. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's and, well and, said. And I, you know I what? I, I I would probably say he says the same thing about me as well yes so it's like of course he does I, I would say that mentorship is is very uh, uh, it, 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 it's so uh, what's the word I'm looking for but it, it's it's a two-way street but it's and it should be open because you learn so much from I know from the from the people I've mentored I've probably sometimes I feel like I've learned more than they've learned from me I feel like I've underserved you and I'm very Apology. I was like, well, I'm sorry, I haven't been there. So, but for them, it's like, no, I've learned from your actions and your ways and what you say and how you say them and how you, you deal with them. I said, well, if that's enough, then, then okay. Because it's when I had one of my students from, um, from DIS, actually, she got a job as an assistant vice president of marketing. And I sent her a message. And I said, wow, congratulations. And she said, Jeremiah, you just have to know that what you taught me and the books that you've mentioned, I talk about these in all the interviews that I've had and how it's affected my life. And the email that I didn't respond to her was, or the message I didn't say to her was, but young lady, you've just leapfrogged me <laughs> and you don't know how good that feels. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And, and that's the uh, that's the emotional leadership yeah. or mentorship yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I think it lies in the, if you have, uh, mentoring muse if you have that kind of relationship is a really yeah. good illustration of it I think because then it goes both ways you want each other to succeed mm. so that is, is that's brilliant mm. and of course it is like that because if you are if you are uh, if 
you like someone, you can be absolutely certain that they like you as well. Yeah. If you dislike someone, you can yeah. be absolutely certain that they dislike you as well. Totally. That's totally. just how it is. Totally. It's totally. a very, it's a very basic thing. Totally. But it's sometimes very much where it goes wrong between in in, in leadership. Yeah. And I think what you said there in the in the end, uh, mm. just before, was that that uh, you have to have the ability as a leader to admit what you're not good at. Yes. And you also have to stop. I mean, now at these days, it's not in in my younger days of and where you have to be very ambitious. It was like a mature thing not to sleep a lot. Mm. You know, I can manage sleeping only four hours a night. Yeah. 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 That is bullshit. Sorry uh, for my French, but it is. And now in Silicon Valley, mm. it is actually a mature thing to say that I prioritize to sleep eight hours every mm. night. Mm. It's important because I know if I don't do that, I'm going to be a lousy leader. Mm. I'm going to be lousy in running my company mm. or doing my job. Mm. doesn't have to be your own company all the time. Mm. So it's not a macho thing to yeah. sleep four hours and uh, and uh, go and run a half a marathon in the morning yeah. between four and six. It's, it's like a worker's life. It's not a macho thing to say I'm working 12 hours a day when four hours of it you're complaining or you are, as you were saying, watching Netflix on a yeah. planet corner screen when you yeah. really could be doing more things with your life yes but uh that's the time we have for now and we've gone over the 20 minutes but the plan is to put a series of uh, uh 10 podcast series of 20 minute discussions with interesting people topics books we haven't decided yet together and uh yeah. hope to see that but yes look forward to this journey me too very and, much uh, Toma. yeah and uh, hopefully excellent. we'll be able to look back on today and say That was a pretty cool start. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Cool. And that's it for now. Let's treasure it.